Hey, everybody. Welcome in. This is James Adams alongside Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, we're getting ready to turn the calendar to October. It's not October as we record, but it will be once this tournament gets underway. It's the Sanderson Farms Championship. Before we look forward to the month of October, the start of fall, we'll take a quick peek back at Corrales, Punta Cana. Uh, what, if anything, did you learn from the tournament last week other than the ocean crashing up against the cliffs next to that golf course? I could watch it without a single golfer on the course. Maybe you didn't learn that. I certainly did. I, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I was following a shot tracker. I did not get to watch any on TV. Uh, Beautiful. Absolutely like, stunning views. I bet. I mean, hey, any, any coastal course works for me for views. Um, True. Okay, I'll also be honest. I guess I didn't realize Hudson Swaffer was even feel, let alone, you know, winning the thing. But um, I remember his first win was at, I think it's now the, what is it now? The, the, Oh, it's um the 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 event out in California with three courses. The, is it the American Express now? I believe so. Yes, is the uh, is the three roto is that with uh, West and like the Nicholas Tournament Course, the Stadium Course, and I think it's La Quinta. That sounds correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's La Quinta. Monterey, Monterey's uh, Pebble, but um. But anyway, when he won that, there was a guy, you know, this is three years ago, so there weren't many golf podcasts. One of the big ones was on Roto Grinders, and a guy named Gibbethy was uh, constantly pegging Hudson Swafford. And so when he won that one, there, I know there was a big, you know, you know I think a lot of people were excited because the, the Gibbethy guy finally got it right. And, but yeah, Swafford, I think, had been struggling, and I think he was like 150 to 1 pre tournament. and. I think I even saw somebody had a double with him, like with either nice. Euro or Corn Fairy. So I mean, that's impressive. But um, yeah, I did not see that coming. And everybody, I thought maybe I could sneak in a potential top five, top ten Henrik and Zinju Zhang didn't quite work out. No, I feel you. I didn't see Swafford come at all. I was kicking myself for not having a bet on Long, especially on Saturday evening. I saw that. I, I he is a guy I use. Right. But uh, yeah, he could not. Uh, he couldn't miss on Saturday when it came to putting, and then Sunday was a much different animal. I didn't see a ton of Sunday because I was watching the NFL. Um, yeah. I did watch most of the leaders round on uh, Saturday, though. And yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The Jang uh, blow up the bogey, double bogey uh, in the middle of the front nine on Sunday kind of just killed me because I'm watching the Bengals game. I flip over. Uh, not even flip to TV because I was with a crowd of people who couldn't have cared less about that game, uh, the, the golf tournament, my Bengals fans, buddies that live around here. So I, I flip open the PGA Tour app and I'm just like scrolling. I'm like, I guess I missed Yang's name. Let me scroll back up and see like, oh, my God, he's dropped three strokes. I feel like I just looked 10 minutes ago. What the heck? He must have tripled. No, single double, but same difference. And he couldn't recover. So I had three top 14s, but nothing that cashed in my top six or better. That's <laughs> Don't worry, my one and done Keith Mitchell uh, had a terrible Saturday, so I was like, okay, this is this is good. He was so I only ended up setting one lineup. I went Skeeter Robinson last week. I just oh. I didn't like the field. The field was gross, right? Yeah. So I just set one. Up. Uh, and I did cash a five of six. Keith Mitchell uh, was was in that lineup, so he did good enough to get me a min cash. Well, good for you. Nice. I was I was four of six, and I don't think it got any better. So. Hopefully, hopefully, I think we get Shot Tracker back this week, or at least I hope we do, because that'll help. But um, 
But yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't have a ton because I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Well, shall we take it to the Sanderson Farms? Yep. Let's do it. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi, a par 72, 7,440-yard course. Uh, the field will be interesting, Skeeter. We'll get into that in a moment. But what are you looking at at this course and, um, you know, stats, things of that nature that we like to look into before we get into the field? Yeah, definitely a lot of birdie-making ability here. Um, let me see if I can pull this up here. Let's see, historic cut line has been two under, between even and two under recently, and one under, but again, the way some of these cuts have been this year, I would I would expect that number to probably be like three or four, because just it's, I mean, it's feeling like every week, like, th we're hovering around three, four, sometimes five under for the cut, like, where is this coming from? Um, I Dude, it's a mindset, I think. Like, it, guys are just like, okay, we got to go low to win if I miss the cut. Because I'm taking chances, whatever. I think it's just a mindset of everybody out there trying to go low and go for the win. I almost I wonder, be... right? I almost wonder if this is more of a corn fairy approach because that's what I—that's what they have to do down there. You don't see a whole lot of minus tens win corn fairy events. So, um, doesn't look overly hard. I don't have winning scores in front of me, but as I'm just looking at the hole by hole breakdown. Like the second toughest hole is a par four, four eighty five yards, and it plays an average of four point one. So. When that's second toughest, that's not bad. Um, let's see, the par fives, 583, 595, 543, 587. So all, all the par fives are at 600 yards, so they're, they're re they should be reachable. There's a drivable par four, 15, 309 yards. Um, I have to look that up, but this doesn't look like, I mean, it doesn't look overly difficult. So, for, I mean, for, for PGA Tour standards, for you and I, I'm sure it'd be a complete disaster. I mean, heck, I came in, heck, I hit balls, I hit golf balls in the trees, so that's my new uh, thing. Oh, don't you act like that's a new thing for you. Into trees, not hitting trees. <laughs> I'm used to hitting trees. I just don't remember hitting one into a tree. You have to climb up, uh, climb up into a tree like Rory at the uh, PGA 10 years ago? <laughs> James, well, Sergio, uh, Sergio's done that too, right? Yeah, they're also muscular and athletic. Me, not so much. I have a little extra um, insurance in case I ever get stranded on a deserted island. I have some uh, extra storage so I can uh, hang around a little bit. But um, but no, so I'm looking, again, mainly appro approach. Birdies are better. Proximity, I'm kind of looking at the wedge. The, like basically 125 to 175 and then 200 plus. And then par five strokes gain. So those are the ones I'm kind of looking at. Um, Basically, just kind of like any other tournament right now. Just going to make a bunch of birdies to win and hope that you have a hot putter. So, Well, shall we take a look at this field and see who we think uh, might be a candidate to get that hot putter and get this win? Yes, let's go. Let's do it. 10K plus, a small tier here. Starts with Scotty Scheffler returning to action, 11-4. Withdrawal of Louis Oosteen. <laughs> are you surprised by that, Skeeter? I, I, I imagine you are. Um, I'm surprised it came out on Monday. I'm just glad it's not on Thursday because I probably he was somebody I would have probably considered for once. And every time I consider Louis, well, this is what happens. So well, well, do not use him at ten eight, but you can use Sung J M at ten five. Well, Zalatoris at ten two, and Benny On at ten K even. Skeeter, you only got four choices here. I'm not sure I find a great option as my favorite. I don't know if I go in this range yet. But we'll see. But we gotta pick somebody we like. Who's your favorite in this range? Yeah, um, I think everybody's gonna default to Scheffler. But 
I still got to think about it. Cause I think overall, Scheffler is my favorite. But factory and Price, again, maybe I'm just thinking the Tour Championship kind of woke him up a little bit. But Sung J.M. at 10-5 um, is somebody I think I do want to keep an eye on. Over the past 12 rounds, I have to kind of narrow it down a little bit. He's been, he's been improving T degree and approach. Still struggling a little bit with the wedges. He's going to, he's going to write out much worse over the long term. But he was 11th at the Tour Championship. He gained, he gained a ton of strokes on approach. He was 22nd in the U.S. Open. Gained a ton of strokes on approach. I think he was third here last year, if I remember correctly. Or was he top, top two? No, he was uh, top five for sure. Top five, okay. Uh, third may be correct. I just remember there were a pair of top fives in this uh, this group over oh, here. No, he was second. Yeah, we're jipping the guy. He was second. So, you know, had success here. His game's starting to come back into form, and I think long-term models are not going to notice this. So at 10-5, if I think I get a look, you know, he's, you know, I still like Scotty a, a lot, but I kind of think I might take the 900 savings to go Sungjae over Scotty. So I'm going to go with M as my favorite play as well. And the reality is, if you were, if I was sitting there concocting a lineup and I had 10-3 left, I'd probably just put Zalatoris or Benny on him and not like really try to rework it. So I don't feel crazy good about it, but I do like Sung J.M. I feel like he's one of the, you know, he deserves to be the second highest priced guy in this field. Um, and with a few choices here, I like the way he is improving recently, as you said. Played here well a year ago, so Sung J's my play here is my favorite. I'm trying to figure out, why is Benny on in this tier? Well, I believe he finished third here last year, and, well, it's, you know, it's this field. So there you go. Well, I understand it, but... I mean, Benny on 10K? I mean, he was 12th at BMW. Okay, so 12th at St. Jude, 12th at PGA, missed at Northern Trust, 12th at BMW, missed at the U.S. Open. He probably, well, he lost 4.2 strokes putting. Shocker, Benny on losing strokes putting. Um, he had decent form. I mean, I guess nobody else has form, but... I mean, I guess Benny on for me would be my fate. He just doesn't seem like he fits here. Zalatoris, again, will probably be popular, but... um. I'm going to tell you that Benny on is my number two in this field. Okay. And I'm going to say, look, if the guy finished third here last year, there is some comfort on the greens. If that's what we need is a comfortable putter for Benny on, and he's played decent in uh, in some tournaments here lately, I actually like Benny on second to uh, some JM here. But again, I'm really splitting hairs between four guys that if I had 11-4, I wouldn't go try, like in a lineup I liked, I'd just play Shuffler. I, I don't really feel like there's a great separation of these four. No, and Benny on did gain 4.2 strokes here last year, putting. He was actually solid everywhere else. Like, he was, he gained more than a stroke in every facet of the game, so. Hmm. I'm still not going there, but that's good. That's a good sign for Benny on. If you don't go Sungjae, is there another player in the, the, is it Zalatoris, Scheffler, or is no, it just not? it'd be Scheffler. Okay. But I just worry that I think everybody's just going to start with him. I will tell you this. My fate is actually Scotty Scheffler, and my reasoning being the price, number one. Number two is he's coming off, uh, you know, basically had was forced to withdraw from the U.S. Open for testing positive for COVID-19. Oh, now, I have no idea how much it affected him, right? We haven't really gotten a full story of that, but maybe he's feeling some ill effects. He's had time off. 
There's just a lot around him, plus the fact that I'm with you. I mean, he's a class player. He was great at the PGA Championship, so I expect his ownership to be up there if people are willing to pay that. So I'm going to fade him for all those reasons. A lot of that has nothing to do with golf. In fact, all of it has nothing to do with golf. Right. Like, in a vacuum, I think he's definitely the – he might be the best player of the field. 12-1 to 1 to win does not – I mean, for guys number one on the PGA Tour, it seems a little low, but I don't think that's a terrible number on him. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad number, right? Like, again, I, I talk about the caliber of player in the field. Scheffler is one of the best in the field, right? And I think uh, the future is bright for him. But I'm just, I'm backing off him mostly because of non-golf-related things. And the reality is, I don't know if I get in this tier period, if, if I'm being quite honest. I can see myself, if I go 10 lineups this week, we'll see what I do. I will be in this tier. If I only went one or two lineups, I may not get to this tier, though. Yeah, like, 10 lineups, I'm playing Scheffler, I'm playing Sungjae. One lineup, maybe I start Sungjae. I don't know. I've got to, I'm going to think this one through a little bit. Um, well, shall we, shall we take it to the 9K? We've pretty much hit those four. Yep. Let's do it. Let's go 9-9. Nine, nine. We start with Sebastian Munoz, Sam Burns, 9-8, Doc Redman, 9-7, Zach Johnson, 9-6, Adam Long, 9-5, Brian Harmon, 9-4, Dylan Fratelli, 9-3, Corey Connors, 92, Chez Reby, 91, Luke List, 9K even. There's a whole bunch of choices there in the 9K range. Skeeter, you got a favorite out of these guys. Okay, I know Scotty Scheffler is due for a win. Like, it's coming. You know who else is due for a win? Maybe Scotty Scheffler Light. Doc Redman, 9,700. Um, over 36 rounds, he's number one in my model. He's first in the proximity from 150 to 175. He's second in opportunities gain. Third in approach, 18th tee to green. 10th from the wedges. His only bad step, believe it or not, is actually par 5 strokes gain, which is a little hard to believe. Uh, let's see, over 12 rounds, Doc would also kind of show similar numbers. Struggles a little bit with the wedges, but everything else, pretty good. 9,700, I just don't see that much difference between him. I still think he's probably better than Zalatoris at this point. Better than Benny On, better than defending champion Sebastian Munoz. 9700 for Doc Redman, I think, has some value here. He's 33-1 to 1 at the book, so I think that's a fair number. He, he, I will probably be betting Doc. Uh, I very well may as well. So he's going to be my number two play in this tier. Uh, my favorite, I'm going to go with Brian Harmon. He's been playing pretty well. He played well here a year ago, 14th. Um, and when you look at what Harmon's done lately, 38th at the U.S. Open. This is obviously a major, different, much different field. 12th at the BMW, 11th at the Northern Trust, 27th at the Wyndham, even 58th at the PGA, 30, uh, I'm sorry, 41st at the 3M. That's a lot of main cuts in a row against much better fields. Uh, so Brian Harmon playing well, played well here a year ago. I like Brian Harmon, and I'll take the discount over Doc Redman getting him at 9,400. But again, as I said, you all the reasons you like Doc, he's my second in this tier. Yeah, no, Harmon's been very good in the scoring departments, uh, Fifth opportunities gains, 12th British better, 11th DraftKings points. So it's just the proximities aren't necessarily there, but he makes birdies. So I think it makes a little bit. I, I get it, Brian Harmon. Um, also, former John Deere Classic winner. And as I told you before, this kind of feels like a John Deere Classic field. Well, it certainly does. Does that mean your number two yes. might. Have something to do with the John Deere Classic as well? It is, but it's not the it's not the you know it's not the guy that the Invitational is or the tournament's named after. Basically, you're, you know Zach Johnson has been playing better, but um, 
Dylan Fratelli interests me a little bit at 9,300. Okay. Six, 16 a green, 12 birdies or better, 18th DraftKings points, 9th par 5 strokes gain. He can get himself into a birdie fest. 9,300 does feel a little high in form, but he was 6 here last year, 54th the year before, so two eight cuts, coming off a of 6. I like. I don't mind that price at at ninety three hundred. I he's on my radar. Somebody I'm I'm going to give a serious hard look to. This may be your fate. I don't know. But before we get to that, I feel like I'm obligated to ask you about the defending champ at ninety nine, Sebastian Munoz. He's interests me. Will he be high owned? Is he a good player? He won here last year. Um, played well at BMW. Most of that was around the green. I think starting position kind of helped with the Tour Championship, U.S. Open. He made the cuts, which, hey, that is always good. But I don't think I'm playing Munoz. He, yeah, I think I think you're right. He's probably my fade. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of solid players in this range, even over long-term stat models. Like, you know, usually there's somebody who's, like, really bad long-term. That's not the case here. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with, with you. I, I didn't, did, I, I think, think the next, the 8K tier is where I started to feel like, okay, okay I like some guys, I don't like some guys. guys. Uh, in this yeah. particular tier, again, I feel kind of like I did with 10K, where I don't feel there's a ton of separation, and the pricing, I think, from 9K up is pretty good. So, um, is Sebastian Munoz your fade, or is there anybody else? Uh, no, I'd say Munoz would be my fade, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a definitive fade. It's not like Jordan Spieth fades or Bubba Watson, non-Bubba courses. So, I don't have a problem with anybody in this tier, really. Okay. I'm going to fade Luke List. He was very good on Friday, right? And he ends up T8 at Corrales. But he wasn't so great over the weekend, just one under par each of the two days over the weekend. And he hadn't been great before. 65th at Safeway, did not make the cut at Northern Trust. 66th at Wyndham Championship. Uh, 51st at the PJ is actually not terrible when you consider this field as well, though. But So I'm going to fade Luke List uh, for those reasons. Plus, I have a feeling, yeah, I know that there are, I know Pat Mayo likes playing him, so that may give him a bump anyway that I'll avoid. No, well, yeah, what is old Luke List uh, betting odds? Because that's probably where it'll be. Um, 55, oh, 55, oh gosh. I'd I, prefer more than that. The Pat Mayo double, Luke List and Siwoo Kim at 55 to 1. Those are his guys. Yeah, so I, I that's my fade. But again, like I said, I don't see a huge separation in this tier. Right, yeah, I don't think there's a necessarily definite fade that you have to worry about here. It's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice balanced tier, so fine. I would assume Doc might be popular outside of that. You know, might find some values. Shall we take it to the AK tier? Yes, sir. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Henrik Stenson, 89. Emiliano Grillo, 88. Bud Colley, 87. Sergio Garcia, 86. Pat Perez, 85. Siwoo Kim, 84. Carlos Ortiz, 83. Patrick Rogers, 82. Cam Davis, 81. Zinjun Jang, 8,000. As is Lucas Glover. Skeeter? I feel like I'm going to get involved in this tier multiple times if I do multiple lineups. Where do you start? Who's your favorite in this tier? I'm with you. There's there's some intriguing names here that I have to kind of figure out who I want to play. Like, Siwoo Kim and Emiliano Grillo rate the highest of my model, but I rarely play them because I can't play Grillo. Putting and Siwoo is just too unpredictable for my liking. But, um... I think it's just going to go back to an old, reliable, decent course history, even though he missed a cut here last year. At 8K, uh, Lucas Glover. Mm-hmm. Fourth in approach, 11th tee to green, 17th birdies or better. Sixth from one that approximately 150 to 175. 
it's just basically, can he make a putt? And I realize with Lucas Glover, that is always going to be an issue, that the putter can let him down. But for a guy who's been fairly consistent the past two seasons, 8K doesn't feel like a terrible price on him. So that's kind of where I'm leaning as my favorite. But I don't know if I have a definitive favorite. And he played well at the U.S. Open. He was 17th and had mm-hmm. consistent rounds until Sunday where he... Shot five over, but I think that Sunday was a tough round. So Brutal round. Yeah, yeah, everybody was going plus. plus. I, think I think Bryson was the only guy on the card that day, right? Uh, might have been. And, I mean, he had Glover had 371s, which I realize doesn't necessarily translate to this course. But, you know, I started to come, another one who started to come out of the slump a little bit towards the end of the year. 8K feels like a decent price on him, so I might give him a look. I'm, I'm going to go, go right, right back, back to the Wells in June Jay. Jay. Yeah. He disappointed me on Sunday, but... He was still solid in a lineup I cashed five to six. At 8K, I feel like it's a great price, and he's been playing good. I don't see I, – I think he's mispriced. I think he's a little low. And, yeah, okay, he didn't make the cut at Wyndham, the PGA, the Northern Trust, but he was 10th at the Memorial, 12th at the 3M. Then he missed those three cuts, but then he was 14th at Safeway, 11th at Corrales last week. Uh, I will take Zin Jun Jang right now and run with it at 8K. He'll be in – if I set 10 lineups, I bet you he's in five minimum. No, I think I think that's fair. I mean, as we explained last week, he is extremely boomer bust. So, and he kind of I mean, he was up there, which is what you kind of want. But really good putter, really good score. Not the best at approach, not the best at wedges. But again, you want you want some top five, top ten upside. Zinju Zhang always gives it to you, just as long as you just realize the floor could be literally seven over. And well, that was fun. Well, I'm willing to accept that. Uh, if you don't go Lucas Glover, and I imagine you'll have multiple plays in this tier, where else are you going? I do have multiple plays. Cam Davis is another one who kind of starts jumping out at me. Has been fairly decent with the approach. The putter has actually been well. Good off the tee recently. Um, he ranks fifth in my model, third tee to green, third draft keys points, fourth par five strokes gained, fifth birdies are better. That seems like a combination I want. Six on opportunities gained over the past 36 rounds. Wedge is not the best, so that is the only concern. But 8,100, he might be a pop. He might be the popular stat model guy, but he makes a lot of sense here. I think. I can get behind that. I'm going to go my second favorite play. I guess I'll go back to Patrick Rogers, who I used last week. T11 didn't do me any harm in a DraftKings lineup as well. Um, you know, wasn't playing great going into that, but he had had his moments, 32nd at 3M, 19th at Barracuda. We're going back to July for those, the end of July. But I'll take that. Patrick Rogers, 11th last week, and he kind of sputtered, I guess, a little bit. He had a, he had found himself higher on the leaderboard before that. And uh, he's finished 14th. He's finished 20th here before. So I'll take Rogers playing good last week in this field with a place he's top 20 twice. Yeah. I, I still don't see the recent stats for me to go there, but obviously he played well last week. He, I know you were on him, and of course history can always help a little bit. If Is there anyone else you want to talk about in this tier before you talk about a fade? Because, again, I do see a scenario where I play like four guys from this tier to start on. I mean, Hendrick Stenson's a guy I can always play. Like, maybe I'm just not mm-hmm. sold on him as, you know, I still think he's a pretty good player, and e feels like a good price. I mean, He's still number one in approach, 13th tee to green. Good score, good par five guy, good wedges. And, you know, that trusty three, what he's good at the 200-plus yard shots. And then I have to dig into Sergio because 8,600 for Sergio. I mean, 
Maybe I just like these good, Euro, you know, veteran Euro major winners in these fields. But, man, that's just... Again, Sergio's so, so tough to watch because he just misses these ridiculous putts. So, that's the only concern. Uh, I, I know you mentioned him and said you wouldn't play him and he fits well in your motto. I like Grillo a lot, too. Uh, I would turn to him. Uh, and you're, I'm with you on Stenson. I mean, I guess if, I, if I'm thinking Sergio, I don't know why I'm thinking Grillo because Grillo is just a better version of right now, tee to green and approach. <laughs> and slightly worse putter, which, well, that's... That's hard to be worse than Sergio putting, but Grillo's wedges, he's number one in wedge range over the past 36 rounds. He's number two in the proximity for 200-plus yards, so. Uh. I, I mean, I bet him last week, too. As I think I said, I had five guys top 21, zero top 10. I'll go back to Grillo. I mean, he didn't, he didn't kill me last week. I get it. I just... I think I remember playing him like three years ago a lot and just get, keep getting burned, so I'm just not ready to go back there yet. I understand, because I'm going to, my fate is going to resonate in that storyline just the same way as I don't play Justin Rose ever again. So I understand where you're coming from. Um, anybody else in this tier before? Actually, I want to ask you about one guy who's kind of in the middle of the tier for me. But Carlos Ortiz, the last two times out here, he's been fantastic, fourth and third. Uh, a mixed bag. He's been decent as of late, but missed some cuts uh, throughout August. So, where do you stand on Carlos Ortiz? Is he your fade? And if you know, if not, then give me your fade too. I mean, he's going to be popular just because of that course history. As you said, fourth and third. Um, just does not rate well in my stat models. Um, opportunities gained aren't there. Is scoring DraftKings points, which is weird. We see opportunities gained not there, but good DraftKings points. So I almost. Wonder if that's just a product of him playing tougher courses better, but um, let's see. Yeah, he's just he's losing strokes on approach, but I mean he's not doing anything great or horrible. He's just missing a lot of stuff. So, uh, not for me. I get it. I I just recent form isn't there. And I think people will see the third and fourth and immediately gravitate towards him. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I've got him ranked seventh, I think, in my very preliminary rankings out of this tier. So I don't love him, but I don't hate him either. Um, who are you fading here? It's probably Patrick Rogers. I just don't see the current form outside of last week being somewhere I want to go with. So we are all over the place, my friend, because my fade is Lucas Glover. He has not recovered from the band list yet, so he can be your favorite. I understand he's one of the few major champions in this tier, in this uh, this field as a whole. He's just, he hasn't gotten off the band list for me yet. So Lucas Glover, who did play great at the U.S. Open, there's no argument. That's also the major he won. So maybe there's something to be said about confidence. I know it wasn't the same course, but um, although I think it was the same state, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Beth Page Black is where he won. Um, and before we leave this tier, only because I'm not, you know, I know you were focused more on football and uh, getting back into the high school golf and everything as you coach. You probably missed the quote about Pat Perez. I don't know if you saw that he did cut his hair from the last tournament we saw. I had heard and, something about that. So, about, they, so somebody asked him, I don't know if it was one of the Immelmans, or somebody asked him, they were talking about during the broadcast, why he cut his hair. And he said whenever he had a left to right wind, his hair was so long, the wind would blow in front of his eyes and he couldn't see. Oh. Because <laughs> I was watching, like, did Perez cut his hair? I think he did. I'll wait for him to close up and, like, see if he's got it bunched up under his hat or what was up, and he did. So I know that has nothing to do with uh, the DraftKings uh, pricing or who we're playing, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. Should have gone man bun. 
Well, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, as a guy who can't grow hair, I always appreciate the guys that can and do. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, I might get, I still have hair, but uh, someday, someday soon I might be uh, starting to lose it a little bit, so. And I have had my beard blow in my face and kind of block my vision when I let it go for like over a year or two, so I can relate. Right. On that note, shall, shall we, we take it to the 7Ks? Yeah, it's a great transition. Thank you. I appreciate that, uh, professional broadcaster here. Absolutely. Uh, we'll go through the whole list of uh, names. There's actually a handful of guys in the 7K that I like this week, more so than I did last week. Maybe that speaks to this having a little bit more depth of the field. But I'll start with you, or, or, or are you going to turn the floor back over to me? I'll turn the floor back to you because, I mean, your main guy is here, but also one of your main secondary guys is here, so just go ahead. That's correct. I don't know how you could possibly imagine that I would be fading one Charlie Hoffman at 7,900. <laughs> Yet another reason why there's no chance in, in Hades that I would play Lucas Glover because I can get Charlie Hoffman for $100 less, and I'm already liking Jang at 8K. So give me Charlie Hoffman. I mean, uh, last week, gosh, dude, at one point he was third. I think it was Friday he was up to third. He had eagled 16. Now, he was playing back to front, so it wasn't really 16 for him. It was 7, but at any rate, he eagled his 16th hole of the day to get to third. Then he bogeyed 17 and 18. It was gut-wrenching to watch. Unfortunately, only watch on my phone, too, because it wasn't playing out live. But Charlie Hoffman was 13 at Northern Trust, 14th last week at Corrales. In between that sandwich was a 56th at Safeway. Uh, so he's been playing pretty good. I'm always – I mean, the ABCs of my lineup setting and my betting is always bet Charlie. 23rd last, last week here – I'm sorry, last year here – um, I mean, I don't see any real downside to playing Charlie Hoffman. If he gives you a 14th like he did last week, heck, if he gives you a 23rd at 79K, at 7,900, that's that's worth the price point. And I, I mean, does he have win upside? Maybe. I think he's got top 10 upside for sure. No, he um he rates well again in the model. 12th opportunities gained, 14th approach, a 7th par 5 strokes gained, 17th DraftKings points. So he makes a lot of sense. I'm, I, he, he was a guy that I had starred in my lineup, so... No no issue here. I'm going to save money with another guy that I seem just to play a lot. Uh, 7,300 Cameron Tringali. Um, fifth in approach, 15th tee to green, 13th in the wedge range, 29th DraftKings points. Does struggle a little bit for 200 plus yards, but everything else kind of seems to fit here. 16th last year. So again, if I can get, if I can get, if I can get a top 25 at 7,300, he does have some scoring ability. Good ball striker, decent putter. Like, I'll take it at seventy three hundred. Who else do you like in this field? Let's be honest. Like you said, there's a couple of my go tos that are in the seven K tier. So now I have a couple. Um, I'm sure you know who most of them are. Is there some names you want to throw out there before I throw out mine? I'll throw a few, and if I steal, I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. Chesson Hadley does have a second here in the past. Um, very consistent, good scores. I mean, he's somebody I can look at. If we're talking about scoring, Seth Straka, um, mm-hmm. 10th and par 5 strokes gain, 17th opportunities gain. He's there. Maybe my gut gut call, um, Rafa, 7,600. He, he seemed to pop at a recent. Was it a, was it the U.S. Open he popped at? Or there was some recent. He finished event. 23rd, yeah. And he, was, and he shot 74, 78 on the weekend. So he was plus, what was it, par 72, I think? No, no 70. Oh, so he was four eight. He was plus twelve on the weekend. And then I'm not playing multiple lineups, but if I were, if I wanted to do a team no putt, Keegan Bradley. I mean, 
tee to green approach. Everything is there. He's just in Benny on and Sergio putting territory. That makes it so much so tough for me to play him, but he's there. No, I get you. Um, I certainly Keegan Bradley's a guy I can always kind of play. I just I like the guy. Uh, I've liked him since he won his PGA Championship. Uh, well, I, I, I like him until I see Shot Tracker four feet away and he misses three of those four putts and <laughs> then throws a three part in there from nine feet. So. I'm going to turn to J.B. Holmes here. I mean, I think he could take advantage of these par fives. I still think he's a quality player. I realize that he's only played twice since the return to golf, and it was a miscut in a 46. Actually, it was a withdrawal. It wasn't even a miscut at workday, followed by a 46 at Safeway. But he's 7K. I can turn to J.B. Holmes in this field at 7K, no problem. Richie Wierenski, a guy who I don't mind turning to from time to time. Where's he at price-wise? 7,300. So I'm with you on Tringali. I could see myself putting both of them in there. Uh, but Wierenski, not that long ago, was the winner at the Barracuda and finished third at the 3M, so not too far off for some really good form. And I think Richie's been decent here as well. Where's that scoreboard at? Uh, 18th last year. Not great history prior to that. Uh, so he's one I can turn to. And then, I mean, you mentioned some of the other ones I like, but we can't go without mentioning uh, one real Rory, the only Rory to make this field, Rory Sabatini. <laughs> Uh, again, as I think I said to you, whether we were talking odd betting odds before we got started, he's not a guy I think I'd probably bet to win, but I think he's a cut maker in this field. Um, and at 76, I'm okay with that if I'm finding my uh, upside elsewhere. And I suppose I'll just ask you about one Stewart sink rather than saying I'm, I'm all on board with him. But I mean, he's coming off of a win at Safeway. Yeah. He hasn't played in a couple weeks since then. Um, I am one who just typically doesn't like to go back to winners, you know. As, a, as am I. Repeat winners. Um, like, they kind of fell out of nowhere. I mean, great story. I mean, that's that's the way you want to start a golf season is that's, you know, after everything him and his family have overcome for him to come back and win and basically guarantee himself uh, PGA Tour privileges until he hits Champions Tour status. Awesome. In fact, I think it was his first win since the Open when he won his Open. Very well might be. I mean, he's absolutely been uh, MIA for a while. So you, Yeah, you... so I, I don't think I'd go back there, but I, I was a little surprised to see him at 7,600. What about Brian Stewart at 7,500? <sighs> um, he's probably okay. Like, he, he just, he's literally my model almost average. Like, he just kind of okay. hits, he's kind of a middling type of player. But, I don't know, like... I just don't know if he gets the upside that I want to see sometimes. Okay. Like, he pops up for a round or two, and then, okay, where did he go? Um, I'll throw one other name. 7,400 Taylor Gooch. Really good score. Decent tee to green and approach. Like, he's just all around solid. So, 7,400. Again, I'd rather take a chance on Gooch, who I know has, can have, you know, go shoot a 65. I don't know how often Brian Stewart's shooting 65. That's fair. Gooch is a guy that I – so I write down a bunch of 7K names because I usually mix in a bunch of different guys in the sub-79 you know, range and, and play similar builds at the top end. So he's one I'm interested in too. Um, I'm not sure if there's anybody else we really uh, that I want to ask you about. Are you uh, prepared to give me a fade out of the 7K tier? Yeah, I mean, in this field, who, who would ever thought you'd uh... – be paying $7,100 Brent Snedeker, but, oh. <laughs> I mean, this, he he is finding some struggles right now, and, 
You know, seems like a pretty good guy, so I hope he's able to turn around, but until he does, just... The only positive I can say is he did gain us over a stroke and approach at the U.S. Open, but... You know, he's just... He's just kind of lost right now, and... Until he finds it, I just don't think he's one I really want to go to. I cannot argue with that. Um, I hate to do this to a guy I certainly enjoy playing, but he was one of my two missed cuts last week. Johnny Vegas at 7K, not playing good at all in the last two months plus. The 52nd at Safeway, the only made cut until you go back to late June for the Travelers. And he's played in the Corrales, the Wyndham, the Barracuda, the 3M. I mean, he's missing the cut at the Barracuda and the Corrales. I can't turn to him as much as I like him, and it's been a while since he did good here. Uh, I think he was like fourth. Yeah, fourth, but that's going all the way back to 2015. He missed the cut the last time he was here. So I like playing him, but I'm going to fade Johnny Vegas this week. Yeah, I'm with you, too. Same reason I usually like playing him, but I've got to see a little better form. Shall we take it to the, the wonderful 6K team? Uh, there are some names here, but... Uh. There are definitely some names. Whether or not I want to turn to him, I don't know. There's one you darn well know I'll turn to, the Bearcat. Uh, but until we get to him, I'll start with you, Skeeter. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I need to get in the 6K tier very much in this field. With I like things in the 8 and 7s. I don't need, I don't think I'm going to need to because I don't think I'm going to start a Scheffler M lineup or an M on lineup. Like, I don't think I'm trying to do that this week. So I don't think I have to go to 6K. But I don't know. Maybe you see it different. I mean, there's a couple names. I mean, I know there's a lot of warts in this range. Like, I mean, I guess I'll make my favorite Jason Duffner, but I mean, really good ball striker the past 36 rounds. Not putting, can't make a birdie. You know, struggling with birdies are better. Good from the longer distances. So, I mean, he at least, he's elite in, like, the ball striking area, which, you know, is not a problem if I'm going to take somebody, give me, Give me elite ball striking at this price range, but I just don't. I mean, he pops from time to time, doesn't have a great history here, so I guess give me Duffner, but yeah, there's just no no real conviction here that I really want to play anybody from this tier, but we'll make Duffner the favorite just because of the ball striking. I get you. Um, I'm going to go with Enerbon Lahiri. I was kind of kicking myself for not getting on him last week. Now, again, I only set one lineup. But he's a guy I've kind of been pulling for for a while. As dumb as it may sound, I read a cool article about him, like, right when he bust on the international scene from just, I think he won the Indian Masters, the India Masters, like, a decade ago or something. So I've just kind of been cheering for the guy. And, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of like you. I like the internationals. Uh, I like, you know, I just, I don't know. I like watching highlights of internationals from their homeland and seeing different things in the world. But that doesn't make a whole lot of reason sense to, to pull for him. But at 6,700, he finished 45th last year. He's, he finished 6th at Corrales, 36th at Safeway, so he's been on a decent little run. And 6,700, if I do want to get into 6K range and save, I think he's a really good play here. Yeah, and here's the thing is I believe he made the cut on the number last week and then had a great weekend to get to 6th. He definitely shot up the leaderboard, there's no doubt about that. In fact, he was 69-72 and then a 64 on Saturday, skyrocketing up the board. Then a 70... Uh, Kept him, you know, pretty much got him in contention while guys like Long were going backwards. Although he didn't catch Long, but you get the idea of, you know, there were some plus numbers on Sunday uh, yesterday. Right. So, no, I, I don't mind Lahiri at all. Um, coming off a good weekend, so why not? Any other names that's, that make you want to play him here? I mean, I probably won't, but Kyle Stanley, 6,800. Um, 
not good at par fives, but rates up pretty okay for this price range for everybody else. Um, oh, I just lost him. Henrik Norlander, I think it's probably still a little bit more from over the summer where I think he went on a run, but I'm not going back to Keith Mitchell. Uh, maybe it's time to go back to Hank Lebiota, second tee to green in the past 12 rounds, six in approach, but 137th in putting, so there's just no but. Oh, wait a minute, I missed... Oh, wait, hold on, I'm a... Again, I, I, I took a quick look before I did this, but I'm missing... Hmm. All right, past 12 rounds, Wes Bryan, top 10 tee to green approach and opportunity gain. And also pretty good, those uh, wedge ranges. 6,300's not bad, and... I mean, Chris Baker, I think, was bad last week, but again, he can certainly score. What was he priced last week? Wasn't he, like, in the eights or... Uh, I am looking through my scribble scratch out, and I don't know that I see it there, so I, can't, I do not have that answer for you. Oh, draft teams doesn't do that anymore, where they show the price. But yeah, missed the cut, but he's a birdie maker. Like, if you want to take a deep flyer on him, I mean, sixty-three hundred, not a horrible price on him. What do you think about? Tyler McCumber. I know he'd been bad, but he finished second last week. What do you think about Tom Hoagie, a guy who I think is a pretty decent price at, what's he at, 69 or 68? Is a got to scroll back up, 69. I mean, Hoagie, Hoagie's another one who can get hot, and so, so this event certainly fits. Did you play McCumber last week? Because I felt like you mentioned him. I didn't play him. He was, I mean, I, I consider him. Okay. Um, again, maybe, I mean, Obviously, the stats aren't there, but when you come off of, you know, a good week like he did, I don't hate it. What about Jim Herman? How is it possible that the Hermanator, who's won one of the, is this one of the, the, the ten most recent winners on tour, how is he possibly 62? That's just not even right. Because, uh, because prior to that, he had done absolutely nothing, and then and the BMW wasn't terrible. Wasn't he like, wasn't he contending after like a round or two at BMW? Uh, he might have been. Um, I feel like his name was up there for a little while. He he was he shot a seventy one, then a 72, 73, 72. So okay, so he was. Three but the BMW over. was yeah, that was yeah. So seventy one would have been in contention after a day there. Yeah, or even three or after two rounds, the way Olympia Fields is playing that week. But, I mean, he's your guy. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I will, but it's not like I can tell you that it's it's a logical argument. Uh, I guess I'll ask you one more. Fabian Gomez finished 41st at Corrales last week, third at the Barracuda, missed the cut at Safeway and win him in between uh, at 6,100. I mean, again, I don't know that I need to get that cheap. If I did, is is it foolish? I don't think it's foolish. Like, again, I don't think you need to go here. Um... Yeah, his approaches not have his approaches haven't been good. His putter hasn't been great, but yeah, I just don't think I can really go there. Okay, I can dig it. Anybody else in the six Ks you want to bring up? I don't think so. Do you have a fate in the six K? Um, sure. I'm actually gonna look and see the last time this guy made a cut with Sony. So, um. Sorry, no Satoshi Kodaira for me this week. Okay. Uh, is this, uh, I'm going to go with Hunter Mahan as my fade. Uh, simply because he's like a dude I really like. It goes back to the stupid Golf Boys videos that the 
that that they made, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever. Oh, yeah. He hasn't made a cut in a year. No Ace Hardware commercial for you either? Um, well, that is the place. That's their jingle. Ace is the place. Yeah, I was trying to think of the second line of it. It wasn't coming to mind. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my fave. But again, like, I could see... I could see myself getting in the 6Ks a little bit for a Lahiri and a Hoagie. Like, if I do 10 lineups, maybe I do do an M and an on, and I pair it with Hoagie and Lahiri. But in general, like, if I only set one lineup, I'm probably not getting down here. Right. So, anything else uh, from this perspective before we take a peek at a little one-and-done activity? No, I'm ready to talk about one-and-done. Oh. So, I played Keith Mitchell last week, uh, his, you know... Bottom performance got me a whopping $8,800. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I also used Keith Mitchell. I was fortunate enough to pair him because I played a two-and-done with Mackenzie Hughes. So it oh. wasn't so bad. Oh. I still didn't really make up too much ground on the leader, though. I'm still in 15th. And there's only 60 people in this field, so uh, it's not like 15th in that massive one you're in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, hmm. Where to go with one and done this week? I mean, <laughs> I'm trailing, so I probably need to get somewhat bold. So as much as I probably would like to go with like Doc Redman, I don't know if that's the smartest choice for me. Um, maybe I try Lone Wolf and go Tringali. Okay. Um, I'm taking a peek. So I actually have several of the top dogs here. The first one I don't have is Sergio. So I could go M and Stenson. I could go M and Scheffler. Now, I'm like four mil behind the leader with only a couple of tournaments left. Is that – I mean, if I were the leader and I had M and Stenson and Scheffler, I wouldn't look past that. Uh, maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be the leader. I forget. It's been months. Actually, I have Sung JM left. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him because I'm thinking maybe everybody else has used him, especially back in after he won Honda and that time area. So you know, what? I'm gonna Sung J for now. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly put in M and Stenson because I don't see a scenario where I use Stenson in the next couple of uh, tournaments. I mean, I wouldn't use him in the Masters. So I'm gonna go M and Stenson for now. But uh, at this point, I mean, I feel like I just I get being. Uh, being contrarian, but I'm also like, all right, how many how many do we have left? Only a handful of tournaments before this is over with. I've got wow. three. I've got the Houston Open and the Masters. So and I think I get all the I think I get the Zozo and the CJ Cup and it ends at the Masters, but yeah, it could it can end soon enough. I'm ready for twenty twenty one one and done because <laughs> I, I put a brief run into this but it's just not fading and then my my uh one league it's a league where you play hundred forty four entrance and you you know it's basically you get the the fedex cup scoring oh boy i'm i'm trying to make the top 70 in that one so it's just not if it makes if it makes you feel any better that you're looking forward to the next seasons of one and done um i had four entries in survivor this year Mm -hmm. it's week three of the nfl season they just happen to be on the same website so it made me think of it and how terrible i am i am out all four eliminated see ya that's probably not. I'm assuming you're probably in the majority. So, Chargers gone yesterday. Cardinals gone yesterday. Yep. Uh, and then in week one, I lost uh, Philadelphia, and I forget who the other team I lost was. It's disgusting. <laughs> so I feel you. I'm already ready for 2021 Survivor in NFL. 
Well, I think a lot of us are ready for 2021 in general, but... Uh, well, that's, that's true. That's very true. But, yeah, so... Uh, anything else that you want to hit for the Sanderson Farms? I don't think so. Again, I think this might be a... I might be able to get to watch a little bit this weekend. I, you know, hopefully, hopefully I have a reason to watch. Um, you know, after a great U.S. Open, I will go back to traditional form with the 4-6, so hopefully maybe I can figure something out and get a 6-6 six six together this week. Well, I wish you the best. I am uh, I am certainly looking forward to going back to the book and making my bets again this week. And hopefully instead of five top 21s, I just get one uh, top six in cash. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot. I did have I do have one bet in because, you know, how you play Jim Herman because he's a local guy for you. Um, here in Central Illinois, uh, for the town of Pekin, is DA points. And I think I mentioned this last week he withdrew, so it saved me a couple of bucks, but... He's twelve hundred and fifty to one for a former multiple time PGA tour winner. Two hundred to one for a top five, eighty one for top ten. You know what? This is worth two bucks a piece. I mean, I understand why you would think about doing something like that. I can't get any crazier than Jim Herman at two hundred to one. I got a local kid. I mean, I've never <laughs> met Mr. Uh, points, but you know he does he run, helps run some junior clinics around here, so plus he plays with Bill Murray at um <laughs> At, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, the one at Pebble? Yeah. And I was I chuckling because the, right we're recording this morning. The Chiefs just scored a touchdown. And it's Anthony Sherman on the fullback pass. Well, should have been my uh, captain. You wouldn't let me play a Justin Tucker captain lineup. Well, he only has one field goal so far. but uh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Let me ask you this, because I did mention Lahiri, and I do want to play him at 67. I think this actually... I wasn't really looking at odds at the time there, but he's only 100 to 1 at the book. Um, and I say only. I mean, that's an obviously a great return, but does that make me think, man, I really should try to use Lahiri a couple times in, at 67? I wonder if that's just because of the fact that he went nuts on the weekend. Um, I still went right? 125 to 1. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, – I'm, so I'm not looking at the extended odds. I'm looking at the ones where I could uh, d- double down for the top six at one-fifth odds. Gotcha. Uh, which normally I am looking at the other ones. But lately I've been finding myself uh, uh, bypassing the enhanced offering and taking the extra spot. I did it all with the U.S. Open because it gave me top sevens instead of top fives. Right. Now this is top six instead of top fives where I start to think about the odds and how much I want to place. Do you have a feeling one way or another on, on making bets that way? No, because I can't even get a top five or I start over top ten. <laughs> um I I would say I would say you know with upside purposes I think I would just take the enhanced offer and go for the top ten you know just play the winner and then play separate top five and that's what I was doing exclusively for about a month when the enhanced offering started being uh, provided at the book I go to so I've got I still have not figured it out one way or another but now I'm sort of just like do one or do the other there are some weeks where I'll do a few wins in top fives versus the lesser win odds with the top six like. I haven't figured out how, how I feel is the best way to approach it. But I, I sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'm like, okay, if I'm throwing five bucks and I'm losing four to one on this to get the extra finishing spot, is 20 bucks really worth it? I still don't know if I have an answer. I certainly don't have a mathematical one that makes sense to me. It's, I'm just going with gut feel on this. Hey, I'm, I'm fairly new to this too, so I mean, I'm just kind of learning. So, yeah, feel free, feel free to fade all of my golf picks because you know what? That's, <laughs> they haven't worked yet. I'm still well, learning, so... I will say this, since uh, since I quit sending them to you and having you post them, 
I almost had a nice weekend, and I did have a pretty nice weekend at the U.S. Open. So maybe it's just best if I keep them to myself. Yeah, you know, I I I get it. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any friends wanting to like piggyback my bets anymore either. I had several people that wanted to do that about three months ago. No one's asking me to do that anymore. Well, it's kind of you know, it's the false swing, but I bet you'll get some questions come Masters time. I'm sure I will, and I've already got two bets in, right, Bubba and uh, JB Holmes. So that's good news. What's JB Holmes? I don't know. It, I made that bet, and like right after he finished like 14th at uh, at uh, Riviera. Like I made that bet in February. I'll pull some Masters odds. Bryson the favorite, eight to one. So I liked Bryson at the Masters, but I didn't make a, a bet any time earlier. And now that he's won the U.S. Open, do I think he wins two majors in a row? I sure he could. He's a hell of a player, but. I had him pegged more as a Masters pick than a U.S. Open pick, and now I don't feel like I can use him at the Masters either. What did you say you got Bubba at? Do you remember? Uh, I do not remember, but I have it sitting right here in front of me. Let's see. Bubba I have at 33-1. to J.B. Holmes I have at 200-1. to Those are my two live Masters bets currently. So Bubba right now on DraftKings is 40-1. to Yep, so good. Very glad I made that bet ahead of time, man. J.B. Holmes. Well, you probably made that pre, um, pre-COVID. February 4th is when I made the Bubba bet. February 11th is when I made the J.B. Holmes bet. That's back when I was on fire and I would just make futures bets because it was like, you know, casino money that I never really saw. I don't see J.B. Holmes uh, listed for the Masters, so. He, he may no longer be in the field. Well, he, he would still be in the field, right? He had already qualified, so. Oh, that's weird that he's not on there. Um. Who knows? Maybe that's a $10 uh, ticket that I can just get my money back and breathe easy. They were the they were odds, by the way, drafting us for the open next year. Yeah, they probably had those out for a while, right? Since uh, since it got canceled this year. Could be. I was like, what? You know, I was like, why is Bubba eighty to one and like Mickelson eighty to one? Like, wait a minute. Oh, wrong course, wrong tournament. Yeah, I'm sure they'll. I, I would be willing to bet they'll take any bet uh, out there that they can. That's more of a December where you start looking ahead, like, okay, who who could break out? Who's you know, just, like, underpriced? Right. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not going to tell you I feel great about either one of those bets right now, quite honestly. But I have them in. If I had to place a future bet right now on, on the open, and I realize, if you're still listening, thank you very much. What What's wrong with you? Um, Sorry. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 66-1 to to win the 2021 Open doesn't sound terrible. Like, I think that. Like the way he's been playing, he could eventually emerge and eventually get to the fact of being thirty-five to one or something. So, hmm. he was a guy I used at the U.S. Open. Uh, obviously, didn't cash. Yeah, he was. A, oh, he missed the cut on the number, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, because he was uh, one I, mean, of my, I only know like, the ones I cash right now is the only ones I can really remember off top. Paul Casey fifty to one. I know he burned us at the Masters last year, but T two at the PGA. Kuchar, 66, and he's played well there. No, thanks. Anyway, that's that's, that's for a month and a half from now. we got to get through the Sanderson Farms first. Yeah, well, let's get through it. Uh, and on that, I say, what do you say we put a wrap on it here, brother? Yep, sounds good. All right, well, good luck to you this week. I will certainly be in touch. Uh, let me know what club you used to hit that ball out of the hole in the tree. <laughs> Whenever did you finally uh, get club to club head to ball? Everybody's like, play as it lies. Like, no, there's a reason there's an unplayable lie designation. This is perfect. Right, I mean, seriously, you'd need a chainsaw to play that as it lies. Or a one heck of a wedge, but... Correct. 
Well, on that note, Skeeter, uh, good luck this week. And uh, with that, let's let's get some wins and let's uh, let's hit some bets and let's have a good week of golf and let's enjoy the Sanderson Farms. Sounds good to me. Appreciate everybody for listening. He's Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.